Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We're talking on the podcast with Joshua Lieberman, professional photographer, lighting director and lighting designer, and uh, and traveler, which is probably one of the, the best occupations you can have. And uh, you can find Joshua at his uh, photography site, the Tau of photography.com tau is t-a-o and there's a number of photos there gallery and how to contact him stay in touch with him as well and uh he is both a good friend and colleague but also a very very good professional now let me just switch gears here for a second on talking to you joshua sure when did you first start uh taking photos do you remember what age and 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 uh where you know the photos you were taking how old were you when you, you got into photography well, uh, I'm I'm one of those childhood photographer stories. Okay. Um, I was about eight years old, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, eight nine years old, and I'm I picked up a brownie camera, one oh, of wow. those little old box cameras. Sure. Um, I used to carry around, you know, nine ten years old. I'd carry around if you remember the one ten. Uh, Instamatic yes. cartridge cameras. I, I, yeah, I got one of those as a kid too. Yeah, those little flat ones with the flash on the side, mm -hmm. and um, I'd, I'd take photos with that. I'd, I'd kind of whatever I could make an image with. I'd I'd, uh, I'd pick up. I couldn't paint worth you know uh, worth a salt, but uh, uh, I, I loved I loved imagery. I saw the world extremely visually, and and I had a different kind of way of of looking at the world. And photography gave me that opportunity to express it. And thank God I had a, a mother who um, who encouraged it. Um, when I was, I think I was about 12 years old, uh, she bought me my first SLR. It was a, a Canon T50, okay. if you remember those. Yes. Um, real compact, uh, you know, multi-lens camera, but I think I only had maybe a 50 millimeter or something like that on it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I ran around with that for years and years and years. Um, and I, no surprise. I mean, when I, when I, now I've, I've never taken a photography class or really even a photography lesson. I, I learned just by shooting and, and, um, you know, start off trusting the meter and trusting the camera and then, you know, go play with manual mode and play with, uh, uh different framings and, you know, like foreground elements and background elements. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm a kid. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just looking at stuff like, Oh, there's a blade of grass I can put in front of this big landscape here. Let me do this and that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, as I started, uh, as, as this became more and more of a, a means of me kind of expressing my the story of my life um, when I was about sixteen or seventeen in, in high school uh, i I had this great um, oh he was a film i don 't want to say film appreciation but like a film theory sure. uh, teacher it was a it was a really kind of under the radar class but um, Keith Fancher was his name and he was just really dynamic uh, he had big bushy beard and wild hair and he was really expressive and and you know he, he taught us all these elements of of film and and composition and and you know things to look for and continuity and all these mm -hmm. things and i just got totally captivated 
Um, before that, I think I was I was looking at being a, a lawyer or a doctor or something like that because I was raised by a lawyer and a doctor. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, uh, and then I took his class and I was like, yeah. And I had another teacher that was uh, like a screenwriting instructor, and he, you know, uh, um, so I just. I went for it. Um, it, much to the chagrin of, of my family, um, I decided that I was going to be an artist and I was going to um, pursue a film degree. And, and which you, and you did. You went to Cal State Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. And a degree in film. Uh, yeah, my, I got a degree in in radio, television, and film. Okay. Um, I worked for uh, KLON at the time, now KKJZ, uh, the the jazz station. So I had okay. a little background in audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was studying cinematography uh, and screenwriting. Um, shot a bunch of student films, um, and then and it's kind of a funny story. I basically lied my way into my first professional job. Well, like many of us, so that's how you, that's how you do it. Exa- <laughs> made a resume. Exa- exaggeration. Yeah. Well, I made a resume out of out of all of my student films, and I put electrician at the top. And a buddy of mine had a line on a on a lighting crew, and and uh, we ran up to Burbank and had the interview, and you know said, "Hey, we want to be on your lighting crew. You can pay us anything you want." And as soon as the this guy heard, "You can pay us anything you want," he threw our resumes away and said, "You're." hired <laughs> there you go can you start so, tomorrow exactly and um and what you know, was that do you do you remember what the project was oh i think i'd probably rather not say oh, but okay. it was we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> um, move on from there okay uh, it was it was um uh it was an opportunity let's just say that it was a um you know nothing bad nothing you know nothing blue or anything like that okay. but uh, it was just a really bad movie from way back when and okay. uh, you know some c or d movie and uh but but that that film turned into um the next film which uh, also was you know uh, um pretty pretty sour film but it was a um it was a, like a d movie western um that starred uh, Kelly LeBrock and Matt McCoy oh, uh, out in Old Tucson Studios. And I'll, have to, I'll have to. Oh, so you went to Arizona to to go work on location? Second film ever. I was on location, um, making money, working in the film industry on lighting crews, having the time of my life, uh, meeting some people who would be lifelong friends. I, I actually, uh, my roommate is uh, was the first AD on that film, mm-hmm. twenty three or so years ago. Wow. So yeah, you know, I've I've made these lifelong friends, and um, and that's kind of how the film industry works. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes when you have the greatest adversity, and this was an incredibly difficult job, but uh, you come together really as a as a family, you know, as right. a team team first, um, but then you end up coming together as a family, and you you meet these incredible people. Um, it's uh, it's one of the the. It's one of the most amazing things, and to me, one of the greatest blessings about the film industry is is um, it's truly a, a craft. Even though you have laborers, you have you know, it, it's a very big mix of people. Um, from from the bottom up and the top down, I meet some of the most amazing, thoughtful, intellectual, you know, engaged people that um, are creative and yet. Uh, highly uh, intellectual and scientific, all at the same time. So these very, very diverse people, um, and I, I think those kinds of people gravitate to to those kinds of arts, these um, these visual and expressive arts. Learning a lot from Joshua Lieberman today, lighting director, travel photographer. We'll be back in about thirty-two seconds. Mm-hmm. 
This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Welcome back to the podcast, and I'm Craig Forrest. This is a great conversation, interesting conversation with Joshua Lieberman, who's talking about lighting and photography, travel, lots of uh, life-changing events. Let's get back to the conversation. You know, when I talk to uh, students a lot, they, they want to, one of the first things at the age of 21 or 22, and they're about to graduate, or they're aspiring artists that are in a workshop somewhere, they all want to know how to get a break in the industry. And I said, you know, I think it's getting harder and harder uh, to get into the industry because there's so much competition. Mm. But what I do say is this. I said, in your, in your 20s, age-wise, in your 20s, that's a great decade of your life to go try anything you want to try, mm-hmm. find out what it is you like to do the most, and it's perfectly okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. and learn as much as you can from those mistakes and try not to repeat them. Would you Would you agree with that? I would. Um, I would. And and I think y- you're you're right. Um, it's a time, especially the first few years. Try a lot of different jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I I don't want to make it sound you know like I'm I'm that rebellious. Although I am kind of. But you know, I I got offered a, a loading job on a on a movie for Panavision. I just said yes. Then I called Panavision up and asked them, "Hey, I just got this job and I need to learn the camera. Can you please help me?" And they said, "Yeah, come on down." And I ended up spending two days down there working with Panavision. Tell, tell them what uh, loading means. Oh, oh God, that's right. Are we that old? Uh, maybe. Oh, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, the the now the now everything the is stock in. Yeah. yeah, everything is shot on video now. Um, the Alexa and the Red, uh, you know, even your feature films. But back in back in the day, everything was shot on film, and and uh, all the cameras had these film magazines that had to be loaded with bulk bulk film, thousand thousand foot loads. Mm-hmm. So uh, and each camera system, there were camera systems like Aeroflex and and uh, Panavision and Mitchell. Each one of them had a different uh, magazine, so they had a different loading system. So each you don't each, want to get that wrong. No, no, you can't. You can't, and and that's the interesting thing that people, some people don't realize, is that the importance of every single job. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was this job called called loader. Now it's it's third third AC, mm-hmm. but um, assistant the, camera. Assistant camera. Sorry. Uh, the the loader was, I mean, one of the lowest people on the totem pole. I mean, just really from a from a, a pay standpoint and from a you know just a power power standpoint, really really low on on the the totem pole. But one of the greatest responsibilities of the job, they handled every single frame of film, and if they got their job wrong, that whole day was was destroyed. That yeah. whole day was for nothing. Yeah. So it's important to understand that regardless of what job you get, the film industry is a, is a um, creative collective. Um, it's a it's a collaborative job, and so it, there is no, you know, there's really no low person. Everybody's everybody's position is vital, and that's from a hundred years of filmmaking. Right. You know, if if there if there's a position, trust me. It's it's a business, and people are are trying to make money. If there's a position that's irrelevant, that position is eliminated. Right. So if you're doing something on a film set, you are vital to the or uh, you know or an event or you're vital to the creation of of that 
project. Right. Even if you're the lowliest production assistant who has a car and just goes run runs off to do an errand and bring something back, everybody has, has got a role and it's got a responsibility. Oh. And uh, somebody asked me at a seminar uh, last week in Miami, um, you know, how do I get a job and how do I be successful even if I'm a production assistant? And I said this, I said, be the first person on the job and the last one to leave and show them how hard you work. And you would be surprised uh, how eventually you will move up if you're responsible, you put in your time and uh, you just work hard and you're pleasant. Mm -hmm. Be pleasant. Be nice to work with. Don't be cranky, no matter if right. you're a male or a female. Right. Uh, people like to work with uh, other uh, enjoyable, lighthearted people. When it's time to be serious, be serious. Mm -hmm. When it's time to break a joke, if there is that moment, break a joke and it relieves the tension and you move on. And I know that you have seen over t oh, more than 20 years in the business uh, b both uh, triumphs and disasters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's, uh, it is, it's work hard, um, be diligent, be sincere. And I, I, you know, I like to tell my friends who, you know, at this point, my friends who have kids who are starting to, to get into the industry. If you're, um, when you get a job as a production assistant, um, get a, get a pair of gloves, get a good pair of gloves. Mm -hmm. You now can go online to resources like film tools or, or uh, molerichardson.com and get a pair of set gloves, get a, a pair of glove holders that fit on your belt, maybe a small pouch or, or uh, a multi-tool, but be prepared to help out the technical crew. Right. And if you're, if you're on set and you really don't have a lot going on, usually the, the jobs that, you know, where we all start, where we're working for very low money or we're sometimes even for free, generally the grip electric crew, the film crew and the art department are understaffed. They're working with inexperienced people. And there are times where they legitimately need some help. And if you see somebody on set who's really dying on the vine, run in and help them if you've got the free time. Don't just, you know, don't stand there and watch them. Go in there. Hey, can I give you some help? Hey, you know what? I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know what it is you're doing, but I'd really like to learn it. Uh, you know, do you think you, you know, do you think I can come in and help you? And trust me, these Grip Electric crews, these art departments, they are going to love you. Yep. And that's how you end up yep. on a real crew. You end up helping. I can't tell you how many times we we had a PA who just was enthusiastic. They weren't assigned to us or anything, just enthusiastic. Hey, man, I've always wanted to know Grip Electric. Can you show me a few things? Then they'd help carry some C-stands or some sandbags or whatever. By the end of the show, I'm like, hey, buddy, you know what? Let me, if if I can, let me get you on my next job. Sure. You know, it might just be an intern rate, but, you know, let me get you a job. And before you know it, the guys who are PAs, they're, you know, they're union lighting guys. Exactly. You, what you want, male or female, is you want to be uh, in somebody's contact list. That's, mm -hmm. what you, that's what you want to accomplish. And uh, it's not all just, well, some of it is, is timing, but a lot of it is just perspiration Mm -hmm. and, uh, intuitiveness and yeah. uh, seeing that there's a need and, and making yourself available. Okay. Don't just be reactive, be, be kind, fine. but be, don't be afraid to be proactive oh. as well. Let me, I'm going to switch uh, gears here for a little bit. Sure. Years, years ago, a friend of mine, I can remember the moment, I can remember the year and the time we're talking about photography and uh, an older person who loved to take photos. And he said four of the, the most important words, uh, that changed my look as both a director and as a cameraman. He said, it really comes down to where is the light? Mm -hmm. Where is the light? Those four words changed 
my, my again my perspective and when I walk into a room uh, or out on a on a location uh, both as a tourist or as a professional mm-hmm. I start looking at where is the light and how strong it is what color it is if it's seven in the morning the light looks one way at five o'clock it looks another at noon it's uh, it's it's ahead talk about light and the importance of it in photography absolutely um and you know you're you're absolutely right lighting light is is vital um and it's lighting is so much more than exposure lighting is mood lighting is you know emotional value it's the great photographs that we look at the iconic photographs if you really look deeply into them the lighting has so much to do with it uh i remember on set when i was um uh, you know, I came up through the ranks and I, I kind of interned, well, I um, apprenticed, let's say, for uh, a really great gaffer, a lighting director. And uh, he he taught me, uh, it's interesting that you, br- you brought up four words, he brought, taught me four principles of lighting, and that's um, uh, direction, color, quality, and quantity, in essence. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it coming from? What color is it? Is it soft or hard? And how much is you know how much is coming in? And when you're talking about film or video, these become very very you know vital questions that need to be answered from a technical standpoint. Lighting ratios, shadows, those kinds of things. But it's not that much different when you're out in the field. And what's amazing, what, what's I think the 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 big lesson that's really um, kind of astonished me and sort of blown the doors off of my perceptions from a just strictly from a, a technical photographer's standpoint is every country um every place you go seems to have a different quality of light okay um tanzania for instance the light was very hard um it's just i don't know if, if it's the 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 quality of the particulate matter in the air and the the you know time of year I was there and the, the, you know, the relative angle of, of, uh, you know, it's, it's equatorial. So I'm getting, uh, um, you know, the sun's higher in the sky, but the sun there is just so hard. And then you have these, these dark faces and these, you know, this dark, dark skin. So your contrast is very high and you've got to, you've got to deal with that. Uh, in Southeast Asia, um, you know, you're still equatorial, so the sun's still high, but there's so much moisture in the air and smoke that's in the air that the sun just has this gorgeous, uh, diffused quality to it. And the homes are all open and bamboo, so you'll get lots of shafts of light and reflected light. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, understanding, and it might take a day or two, you know, to really like, you know, watch the back of your screen and, and look at, at what you're looking for. But really, the, my experience in the film industry and working in cinematic lighting has completely changed the way that I, I look and look at and see the world. Um, so, I mean, people have commented on my, on my photos that, uh, the lighting in my photography, that my photography is extremely cinematic, mm-hmm. even when I'm in places like Vietnam or Cambodia or, or in Bhutan, um, that, that, my imagery is very cinematic, and I think a big, big part of that is is how I how I see light. Really enjoyable conversation, uh, enlightening conversation with Joshua Lieberman, uh, world traveler, photographer, lighting director. Lots of great wisdom on a career, and also uh, seeing life through a lens. We hope you'll join us for the next segment, the next episode here on the podcast. Thanks. 
You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.